Welcome to Let's Parent on Purpose. This is your podcast as a parent to help you thrive and not just survive these parenting years. My name is Jay Holland, and each week I will bring you a new tool or help sharpen one of the existing tools in your toolbox as we build kids that can build the kingdom of God. Hey, it's good to have you back. Thanks so much for joining me today. And all of you who uh, texted me or called me to tell me when and how you listened to this podcast. That was super helpful. Thanks so much. Got people walking their dogs, people doing household chores, exercising, driving. So it's kind of neat to find out. Uh, so last week I started a at least three-part series that I'm going to do based off Romans 12, 1 and 2. Um, with with kind of the overall attitude of thinking different. If you didn't catch last week's, I'd, I'd encourage you to go back because it's a really fun activity you can do with your kids to really pound down not conforming to this world, but transforming by the renewing of your mind. Um, I'm going to continue to tell you what I'm teaching the teenagers on Sunday morning at Covenant Fellowship. So if you're a parent and you have teens that are involved there, this is what they're getting if you have elementary kids and they're at Covenant, this is what they will be getting. And if you're outside of our church, uh, I really highly recommend you be pouring this stuff into your your kids as well. Last week was about just kind of the general idea of transforming by the renewing of your mind. And over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to hit two very, very important topics for elementary kids, teenagers, all the way up through adults. So I hope this personally helps you. Um, and that you, that it makes sense so that you can get it, not just for your kids. I'm going to put on the blog a, a graphic illustration of what I'm talking about because I, I'm I'm going to be talking about identity today, and I'm going to do so in kind of concentric circles of of just a healthy way to have an identity. So I, I, I don't know. Did you watch that movie, the the Born Identity? That was one of my favorite movies. And there's this little clip in the movie, a little scene where he's in the cafe while he still has no idea who he is early in the movie. And he's with this girl and, and he's talking about, you know, I, I know this guy at the counter weighs 215 pounds. I know that the best place to find a gun is in the, in the cab of the car. I know I can run two miles flat without, um, at, at top speed without, losing my breath. You know, I know all these things. How can I know all of that and not know who I am? And I think that really speaks to a lot of human beings today and absolutely a lot of children today. And some of it, I think, is because that speaks to a lot of adults today. And if adults don't really know who they are, how are they going to have kids who know who they are? So, you know, kind of what we're battling here is that we're in a we're in an age where people know more stuff than people have ever known in history. Um, I think I remember reading that there's more information in one Sunday edition of the New York Times than what most about about the whole world than what most people before 1900 would have accumulated in their entire life. Think about that. You know, we know so much that it, we kind of get information overload. It's kind of hard to know who we are. And incredibly important in in knowing stuff is and knowing who we are is like we have to get identity set. You have to you have to get identity set. Um, otherwise, everything's going to be off kilter, you know. And and what we have in our culture now is you have uh, you have males identifying as females. You have um, you have people, and but it's not just that you have people who identify primarily as their job. 
Um, and if you identify primarily as your job, then everybody is a unit of productivity on your ladder of success. Um, we have people who identify uh, in all sorts of areas. So I'm going to get to those, but I want to I want to do it by presenting a healthy way to think about identity um, that should set you for life. Okay, so if you think about identity and kind of like think of concentric circles, like bullseye circles. The first and deepest identity, the one that will be most helpful, is if first you identify as a person made in God's image. And so with my kids, with the teenagers at church, with my own children, with myself, the first thing I want to realize is that I have been made in the image of God, which is different than saying that I am just a a chain uh, in a link in the chain of evolution or that I'm a product of a bunch of random accidents or anything else. You know, you think about a if you had a Van Gogh drawing on a napkin, it would be the most priceless treasure you have. Uh, not because of the materials used, but because of the artist who made it. And in the same way, you know, we have our greatest and deepest value because of the artist who made us, and we've actually been made in his image. So um, I'm just touching on these, but these these will take a lifetime to explore. But the first identity that we want to grasp ourselves and reinforce in our kids is that at the core, I am a person made in the image of God. And you need to realize that's not just men. Genesis 127 says that God created them. Um, it says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female, he created them. So whether you're a man or whether you're a woman, you've been made in the image of God. The next ring of identity that I think like this is the healthy pattern for it is once you come to faith in Christ, the the next identity is as a child of God. Um, Even more than as, as a child of Dan and Pat Holland, I need to have more core to my identity that I am a child of God. Uh, that's, you know, that one is one that comes to us. Like we're not always a child of God. You have to put your faith in Christ. But if your kids have, you need to really reinforce that as, as a core identity. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old's passed away. The new has come. What does it mean to be a child of God? Well, that means a bunch of things and, and, and it can provide stability in your life as things go wrong. Because being a child of God means that I'm a friend of Jesus, that I'm actually a brother of Jesus, that I'm a citizen of heaven. And so, like, if I feel out of place in this world that I'm in, if I feel like everything's not right, it's because that's true, because I'm a citizen of heaven. Um, But being a citizen of heaven and living here on earth, that means I'm an ambassador of Christ. So I actually have meaning and I have purpose to represent the way of God to those around me. Being a child of God means that I'm chosen. It means that that I'm a royal priest, that I'm loved, that I'm accepted, that I'm forgiven. Um, being a child of God means that I'm to die for, that, that the God of the world, the God of the universe was willing to die for me. So, you know, I, I in my core identity, I'm a person made in the image of God, and then I'm a child of God. And then kind of the next ring that, 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 I, that I teach is at this point, start thinking of things in terms of male or female. Um, I've done a lot of research this week just on the the differences between men and women, and it's so fascinating. 
uh, there's I, I could actually spend two or three weeks just reading off these differences. Um, but some of the ones that really struck out, like the biological differences, and I'm not just talking about bone structure and physical strength, but even um, fascinating, like the shape of the retina or the thickness of the retina of a man and a woman, a male and female are different. And from the very beginning, um, women are more attuned to faces and men are more attuned to action. Um, from earliest from earliest years, uh, girls during playtime, they share up to 20. And when they play, um, boy games tend to have kind of like a dominance hierarchy system to them. Uh, girls games have a lot more cooperation involved in them. And this is, this is a, like not just an American thing. This just seems to be, even when they find tribal people um, that have not been touched by Western culture, these are things, these are significant. Um, one of the interesting ones is on, and you know, a lot of these are on average, everybody's unique, but on average as well, um, men and males tend to overestimate their abilities than females. Well, how does this come into play? Well, um, apparently, like they've done studies where if a man and a woman graduate from the same university with the same grades and the same degree, when they enter the job market, um, they're offered the same salary, but it's like 50 to 70% of men will ask for a higher salary from the beginning, where it's only like 7% of women. And those that ask tend to get the higher salary. So um, this overestimation of confidence and this kind of more natural assertiveness is one of the core reasons for the for the pay gap. It's not um, always that there's systemic sexism. It's because of just kind of different assertiveness levels and sometimes irrational confidence. So there's all kinds of these things that are that are different between men and women. Um, what we have tried to do is is take it down to spiritual cores on what is the difference. Not what is the difference between a man and a woman. I don't think that that matters so much. I think what is the role of a man? What is the role of a woman? And again, even in this, we're not talking about career and we're not talking about in the home. Um, but what what has God built men to do and what has God built women to do? Um, and hey, I understand that these are generalizations and I understand that in, in some ways these... these uh, you can argue different sides, and again, not it's not a case where every man has every characteristic or every woman doesn't, but I think what happens sometimes is we spend so much time arguing the exceptions that we miss the point. So let's start with men, and I'll, I'll be honest, the male side was much easier for me. Um, a real man rejects passivity. Um, so think of the the acronym R-E-A-L, okay? And this is from Robert Lewis and uh, Men's Fraternity. A real man rejects passivity, expects God's greater reward. A real man accepts responsibility and leads courageously. And when you look at societal breakdown, um, so much of it is because of men not doing these things, men staying passive, um, men going for short-term gratification instead of um, delaying and expecting God's greater reward. Men shifting blame instead of accepting responsibility and um, 
being cowards and letting other people take the fall instead of leading courageously. Uh, so the way that I teach this to my boys, I don't use these big passivity words with my elementary kids. The way that I teach this to my boys, and I got it from a good friend who's now a missionary overseas, is that uh, you're a man. That means that God made you strong to take care of people. And that has been so helpful in our household to encourage them that they're men, to encourage them that they're strong, but to give purpose for their strength, that uh, God made them strong for a purpose. And then we talk about how strength is not just physical strength. It's strength in words, it's strength in talents, it's strength in character, but it's not to get things for myself, it's for others. And so the coolest thing in the world has been to hear the younger brother kind of shout out to the older brother, you're not using your strength to take care of me. It's like, that's when you know that they've got it. Um, for the woman side, uh, a real woman, and, and I have to admit these are harder because I'm not a woman, and uh, I'll admit I think females are way more complex than men. So this is this is our best attempt, and I don't even know that this is the final one. So if you have ideas and inputs, you have constructs that have helped you, let me know because I'm always looking to sharpen this and improve this, and I have never been a woman, so I'm a little bit. A little bit handed, uh, a little bit handicap on that part. So a real woman, we use R E A L again, rejects worldly identity, expects God's greater reward, accepts, acts with strength and wisdom, and leads others boldly. Loves others boldly. I'm sorry. So let me say that again because I botched it. A real woman rejects worldly identity, accepts, expects God's greater reward, acts with strength and wisdom, and loves others boldly. Um, and again, you see that a lot of the breakdown in females are because they're chasing after this worldly identity, either that they are a piece of meat um, to be consumed, or on the other end, that there's somebody to be subjugated and um, dominated. And neither of those things are a biblical identity. Um, they expect God's greater reward. Again, um, it's that short-term delayed gratification um, or not going for a delayed gratification, needing gratification right right now. Women, they pair with the wrong guys. They will take shortcuts. Um, so both men and women really need to expect God's greater reward and learn to delay gratification. Um, a real woman acts with strength and wisdom. So it's not that men are strong and women aren't. Um, women have a phenomenal kind of strength that um, that is different and in some ways much deeper than male strength. There's often a strength of character and a strength of pur purpose and a perseverance that comes with it. And I also think that on the whole, women tend to think um, with more shades and more complexity um, than, than men. I, I think a good illustration I've heard before is that guys' brains are like waffles. They're very compartmentalized, and women's brains are like spaghetti, where everything kind of intertwines and, and touches everything else. And so the call for women to act with strength and wisdom, wisdom because a lot of times they see things that, that will pass men by, um, but they have, they have to use wisdom and strength together, and then loves others boldly. Um, you, you, it takes courage to love the broken. It takes courage to love the rebellious. Um, and man, when we get to heaven, you know, most of the history books have been written by men. Um, most of the Bible hero stories have been about men. 
And I, I can't wait when we get to heaven. And it's going to be pretty amazing to see how long we are waiting in the judgment seat of Christ, the reward seat of Christ, for this line of godly women who have changed the world and never made the history books. And so, you know, it's cool that we live in an age where women get to make the history books more because they've been changing the world um, since the beginning of the world. And and often, in a spiritual sense, that's through bold, fierce love. Um, so the way that we say it to, uh, you know, I say it to my little girls, you're a woman. That means that God made you graceful to heal people. And and what is what is grace? Um, there's a lot of definitions of grace, but but part of that is you know the the ability to give favor to people that don't deserve it. The ability and and that is a an attribute of God. And it doesn't mean that men shouldn't be graceful, but I think sometimes we can celebrate and recognize that that women are better at some things than men, and men are at others. So this is just another layer of identity that, you know, me being a man or me identifying as a, a as a male or female is not my core identity. My core identity is that I'm a person in the image of God. My core identity after that is that I'm a child of God. And then somewhere in there, you know, after that is that I'm a man and I'm a woman with a purpose. And, you know, the important thing is to realize that God has made us different by design. Um, there's a reason and a purpose for it. And in, um, I think it's in 1 Corinthians, um, 1 Corinthians 11, um, it says, Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man, nor man of woman. For as woman was made from man, so now man is born of woman. All things are from God. Um, we are interdependent on one another. And, and I think that's something to celebrate in our identity. So then if you have your core image of made in the image of God set, you have that you're a child of God set, you have that you're a male or female set, um, it's, it's at that point that I would then say all of these other identities come in. Um, my interaction with the world, my work, um, the my hobbies, passions, and interests, and and even like my family interactions, um, those things are are not your core identities, and they shouldn't be. You know, even family, like family, I think is hugely important. That's why we're doing this parenting podcast. But but my identity cannot be around the success or failure of my kids or the success or failure of my parents. My identity has to be rooted and grounded in God to provide stability for all of the chaos that's going to happen in my work life, in my family life, in my school life, in all of that. And so part of what the goal of this is, is to just simply provide perspective. And if you have perspective, you are way more resilient when the trials come. So again, if, if uh, it's hard for you to visualize these things, I would encourage you to go to letsparentonpurpose.com and I will throw up the visuals of um, these concentric circles and just some of the things that go with it. If you have any questions about it, hey, let me know. I would love to talk to you about it. If you have sharper models of manhood and womanhood, let me know that as well because I, I feel like this is a work in progress and this is as good as I know how to explain it now and God willing, as time goes on, it'll get better and better so that the future generations have more clarity in a broken, confused world than even we had. 
All right, that's all I've got. I really hope it was helpful for you today. And if it was, let me ask you to do this one thing. Share it with somebody else. Uh, Somebody else can be helped by it as well. And uh, you will be their friend by letting them know about it. This is Less Parent on Purpose. It's a ministry of Covenant Fellowship Baptist Church in Stewart, Florida. If you don't have a home church, come check us out. You can do that at covenantfellowship.com. Go to letsparentonpurpose.com for the visuals of today. And you can share on Facebook and Twittergram and everything else. This is Jay Holland. Thank you for listening. Reminding you this is a marathon and not a sprint. Don't give up. We'll talk to you soon.